Kate Redmond of KBNF in Paonia, Colorado, interviews a Fort Collins woman named Tamara Doak, who was recently evacuated from Myanmar after the February 1st military coup. Doak was teaching at a school in the city of Yangon and speaks with Redmond about her firsthand experience of the protests, violence, and arrests that have followed the coup. As a warning, this story includes descriptions of violence that may be disturbing for some listeners. When Burma held their elections on November 8th of last year, Aung San Suu Kyi's National League for Democracy Party won a resounding victory. The military stunned the world when, in February, the day the new parliament was to take their seats, they declared the election fraudulent and launched a military coup. Since that time, people in the country continue to languish with an 8 p.m. curfew, loss of livelihood, and brutal repression. I spoke with Tamara Doak, a Colorado woman who is working in the city of Yangon, and seeing that the situation was deteriorating, decided it was time to get out. What made you make the decision to leave? Well, a couple of things. Most of my core group in my neighborhood were leaving or had already gone, and I was feeling more isolated because it really wasn't safe to go out much. And then one day there was a big explosion that shook my building, and I guess they blew up the Myanmar passport office, and that, that kind of threw me. And then I listened to the last town hall meeting that the American ambassador staged, and he said, basically get out as soon as you can by commercial airlines as, as soon as possible. And then someone was offering a charter flight for kind of a pet evacuation. So I left with what 17 dogs, a bunch of cats and two rabbits all in the cabin and a few humans. So I thought I'd get that flight to Bangkok and just go. The ambassador was not arranging for flights. He was encouraging you to take commercial flights. Right. They had done one relief flight at the end of March, like March 28th, and I got a seat on that. And then my my board said, don't go. You need to stay and lead the school. And, you know, I didn't have to do what they said, but I decided to try to stay a bit longer. I was going to try to stay till June, but then things continued to get worse and they're, you know, shooting people in the back and sniper shooting in the head and killing children and... You know, there's no money in the ATMs. It's, you know, they're closing the supermarkets. It's just getting harder to live and manage. And when the coup first happened, did you think it would go on this long? The first couple of weeks were quite joyful. It was like a carnival atmosphere, everybody out in the streets. And I was going to the demonstrations and watching. They're very clever. There was like street performance and singing and dancing and just felt very, very positive. I knew that wouldn't last. I knew that soon, you know, the military is letting them do their little protests and then they'll roll over. That's what they expected. They didn't expect people to fight back as hard as they did. And so that made me really proud when people were fighting back. I really didn't know what to expect. No one really did. Still, people don't know exactly what's going to happen. During the election, did it seem that the balloting was going well and it was orderly and that there would be a transfer of power? Yeah, it seemed fine, but it was February 2nd. I was waiting for that date to get... That's when they would seat Parliament. I figured if we got to there, everything would be fine, but then... Of course, they did the coup on February 1st. I was, I was nervous, sure. Aung San Suu Kyi won by a landslide. Not everybody loves her. You know, not all the people doing CDM now want to restore the NDL. They want some sort of a more um, inclusive government. Really, it's an experimental government. To have military and elected kind of fusion government is very unique. 
And, you know, it seemed to be working for a while until this. And do you know what is the status of the political prisoners now? They've arrested so many people. People are just disappearing in the night all the time. You know, even in my building, they installed new doors. And if I'd come home, curfews at 8, if I'd come home at right at 8, which now and then I did, I tried not to. The old man would have to undo all the chains he'd put, and they put another security door, and people were, were quite terrified. So I don't know. Even before the election, did you feel like there was fear of the military by Burmese people? No, no, I think everybody was quite hopeful, especially the young people. You know, they had a taste of being out in the world again, and then the elections went through without a lot of bad things happening around it. I think people were feeling quite hopeful. I know that there was that worry until Parliament got seated, but there was just a feeling of hopefulness and happiness, really. And the press that I have seen, women are very much involved in, in the protests. Was that your experience? Oh, very much. Um, even my teachers at my school would come in and make their signs and laminate them. And when they started shooting, they backed off a little bit. But um, women were very, very vocal and very active. And they'd have children out there in the beginning. And it was like a family. It'd be multi-generation. Probably the whole household would go, the grandparents, the parents, the children, everybody. And then also the gay, lesbian community started coming out, and it was a sort of a venue for everybody to kind of project themselves out there like, and ask for recognition. Is there anything at this point that gives you hope for a resolution? <sighs> right now I'm just feeling very sad and, and not that hopeful. That's unfortunate to say. Eventually it will end in some way. The beginning of the coup, they were saying we're going to take power for one year and then hold another election. Now they've already said now two years. It's going to be some years down the road before anything. And so many people are suffering and, you know, losing their livelihood and starving. And, and is it safe for your Burmese colleagues or your now former Burmese colleagues to have contact with you? Yeah, I think so. Um, I was never detained for any reason. I think they have to be really careful what they have on their phones. Like, you know, in, in Burma, they use Facebook for everything. People are very vocal on that, but now they're starting to stop people on the streets and check their phones. And so people are figuring out ways to hide what apps they have on there and what the information about the coup they have. But then some don't care. They're like, let them arrest me. I'll die for this. They're in a war, but only one side has weapons. It's not even a war, it's just a slaughter. It's like a genocide. Because citizens are not allowed to have guns at all. Right. Some of these ethnic armies in the north are a bit armed, but they're very rudimentary things. And people are making Molotov cocktails and throwing those. And they're very peaceful. It's, it's very strange because it's Burmese people who are killing them, but um, the general population, these people are very peaceful. They wouldn't think of having a gun. I thought getting away I'd be relieved, but I'm not. I'm more wrought up and like angrier that no one here even, oh, a coup? No, I haven't heard anything about it. I think, are you kidding me? Colorado's a million miles away. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I understand there's a lot going on in our country, too. Like, we're in pretty big crisis here as well. But this, as the um, UN envoy said, there's no place in the 21st century for a coup. This is ridiculous. Come on.
Last week, the 10-member Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, met in Jakarta in an emergency session to discuss the coup. What resulted from the summit was a five-point consensus, including calls to end the killing of protesters immediately, begin dialogue between opposing groups, create an ASEAN chair to facilitate dialogue, give more humanitarian assistance, and allow the ASEAN chair to visit Myanmar.